Hi, Jacob from the future here. I just needed to hop in for a small disclaimer. If my audio sounds a little crummy, I might have forgotten to plug in my mixer to my laptop. The other guy should sound normal, but I may sound like I'm talking into a laptop mic from 2013, because I am. If you're a first-time listener, I promise we typically have better audio, so please keep listening. Anyways, enjoy the show, and back to the intro music. Hello, welcome to the Bush League Gaming Podcast, your source for ordinary opinions from ordinary gamers. Today we are discussing the August 6th, 2020 PlayStation State of Play. I'm your host, Jacob Bush, and with me today, he always donates to Wikipedia during their fundraising campaigns, and he likes the prequels more than the OG trilogy. His name is Nick Beard. Mm, that's uh, that's pretty accurate. I like that. I'll go with that one. They're actually, I those love are, that you, the yeah. Wikipedia uh, donator. Yeah, it's, uh, it's happened twice. I give uh, Ryan credit for those ones. That other voice, speaking of Ryan, once tried microwaving his phone to charge it, and he actually went to Uvu Jobber. He is Ryan Scalf. <laughs> I have never <laughs> been to Uvu Jobber. Ryan, I debated using that intro for so long because I don't think anyone in our, our audience is going to get that. Explain that reference for people. Just one of the greatest vines of all time where they're interviewing a kid about the hottest Uber driver that he's ever had. And he just totally mishears him and says, um, I've never been to Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic. Me, me, Jacob, and our wives went on vacation one day or one week. And that's pretty much all I said the entire trip. The entire trip. But anyways, those are our guests today. We are discussing the PlayStation State of Play. Guys, I think there is a big elephant in the room that we need to tell our audience before we start talking about PlayStation. Do you know what that is? That we do not have a PlayStation? (laughs) Yes. I didn't want to be the one to say it. We have to address it. And I think speaking from a place of being Bush League, this is as Bush League as you can get when talking about a PlayStation event. We haven't. I think we should explain our last PlayStation. My last PlayStation was a PlayStation 2. And then I had a PSP. You guys? Really? Yeah. I have literally had every Sony system until the PS4. I never got the PS4. Wow. But I've had a PlayStation 1, 2, and 3. PSPs. I've had three different versions of their PlayStation Portable. So um, PSP, I, I actually Vita. never I never had the Vita. I had the Go. And then there was two different versions they made of the PSP. There was like the light edition. Mm. And a regular. No, I that's I right. First, I think I had the first PSP, and then I dropped off after that. Nick, what, yeah. what was your last PlayStation? The exact same as you, PlayStation Game. Two and the PSP. Yeah. So we a very timely topic. We're going to do a separate podcast to address this, and this will this will be a shock to my uh, my co-host today. But we're going to do a episode dedicated to PlayStation Five V Xbox Series X, mm. and. Ooh. What that implies is that there is some room for debate to make a decision on our console purchase this holiday season. I can guarantee you that for myself personally, I will own both of these consoles in the next year or two. But for this holiday season, I'm only only committing to one. And we're going to have a podcast going through interesting the perks. Do you, Ryan, what do you think about this? This might come to a shock because I was pretty diehard Series X for a bit there. 
I feel like there's not a bigger fan of Phil Spencer than Jacob Bush. So that, that does come to a shock, but I know you're your Spider-Man boy. Um, Spider-Man. Oh, <laughs> Spider-Man boy. Yeah. The game. So yeah, yeah, also yeah. the Avengers stuff. So I think I'm still the biggest fan of Phil Spencer. I'm still the biggest fan of what Xbox is doing. We're getting right into that podcast. We're going to save this for later. This is, this is a teaser. This conversation right now is a teaser for that full episode, but nonetheless, we do not own PlayStations, PlayStation 4s now. We will someday own PlayStation 5s. And this discussion is kind of, you know, dedicated to working that out, looking at what the state of play this year has to offer, and then kind of looking to the PS5, because this, this state of play focused on the PS4 mo- mostly. So, guys, what, what was your takeaway? What, what did you, how did you feel about this state of play? I, I was very underwhelmed, personally, and I... I'm not one that's going after Sony and I'm not trying to get caught up in that. I hate it because it's not Microsoft because I have always loved Sony and what they do, but um, I don't know. I, maybe my expectations were just higher than they should have been. I was pretty, I don't know. Nothing blew my mind except for crash. I, uh, I text you before the event and, both of you and just made sure I said temper your expectations. They have been, they have been announcing all week how this is not going to be some crazy PS five or big reveals in this. This is a state of play for mostly the PS four. Even with that, you're saying your expectations were still underwhelmed. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't expect them to announce anything insane, but man, it's just, we'll get into it. There's just a lot of very weak titles that I saw. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nick, how'd you feel? Same. It may have been your text that said temper your expectations, but beforehand I didn't have any big expectations just because I don't want to ever get myself worked up before I go through these events. But yeah, same as Ryan felt pretty underwhelming. I think went through it and was like, Oh wow, that's done. Okay. I wonder if some of this is due to the fact that we're not in this ecosystem currently, where even if we see something that is slightly interesting, it's like, oh, that's slightly interesting. I'm not going to buy a PS4 for that, right? I think yeah. we've, we've all missed, missed the PS4 boat. We're I looking- think it would be wrong to think that there's not some type of, I don't know that bias is the right word, but some type of us not understanding it fully. To say that we do understand that fully without being fully connected to that, you know, that world would be, it would be kind of off-putting in my opinion. Yeah, it'd be dishonest. I think, like yeah. I said, we're clarifying that we don't have the PS4, so some of the stuff is going to go over our head or it's going to hit us differently. So. Mm-hmm. Going into the first game showed, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time. Ryan is our resident Crash expert. He has played mm. all of them. He loves them. He owns them multiple times. Ryan, Went to the Crash Academy. I, I saw a tweet today in the Crash Academy. I saw a tweet today. You said that this... Have you seen Crash 4 before? This, is, this isn't the first time they've showed it. There was a trailer about a month ago. I honestly do not remember a trailer coming out before this. I mean, maybe I saw it and just mistakenly thought it was another one of the remakes or something like that yeah Um, but when i saw it today it was the first time i was consciously realized they're making a fourth crash bandicoot which is great news so this was your reaction to that announcement this today this was announced for you yes yep (laughs) what do you think oh man i cannot wait i think this is awesome you guys know nick and i have talked about this a little bit but um I'm a huge fan of remastering and recreating uh, the classics. And this one is not necessarily a remaster. It's a full new game. 
but they're they're doing all sorts of things that you always wished were in the Crash Bandicoot games. And one of those being is I always wanted to play as Coco, Crash's sister. So that's new. That's brand new. There's a, I think in Crash Bandicoot 3, there's like one mission where you are Coco riding a polar bear. And that's it. Yeah. There's not really, there's not really any other um, opportunities to play as anyone but Crash. And so to see those other characters as playable, that is very exciting to me. Was it Dingo Dino? Am I getting that right? Dingo it- Dial. Dial. Oh, I'm sorry. A crocodile. <laughs> Whoa. Mixed well, with a dingo. Okay. So, and <clears throat> I, there just now and on Twitter today, I made the terrible uh, announcement that I've never played a crash game. I just, I missed it. They looked like cheap versions of Mario. Oh my and gosh. I, wow. I'm, hey, I I'm not, not going to defend that. I'm not going to defend that attitude. I think that was, uh, that was immaturity from my part. I'm going to try Crash 4. Yes, but it, it is worth saying I've never played a Crash game. This looks great. I'm going to try this one. But I look to Ryan when I look at these games. Also, Ryan, I think it's it's worth noting Tim from Kind of Funny has played uh, Crash 4, like a demo, and he absolutely loved it. And he's a huge, huge Crash fan. So have yeah. that to look forward to. It it sounds good. Right, Nick, did you have you played Crash before? Yeah, I played all of them. And uh, Ryan, although I would not call myself a a master of them like Ryan, uh, I absolutely love them. They're just kind of like a a childhood game to me. And Ryan can probably speak more to this, but I felt like I felt like it was a great announcement, one of the good announcements from today. And they didn't do anything crazy, like restructure it or change anything. They just added some really minor features that I think are going to complement the game very well. Yeah, I loved that inverted mode where it changes the look and like that paint spreading effect looked really cool. Yeah, the cosmetic outfits that they were very clear. This is just cosmetic. Yeah, Yeah, I like that too. And I love... I love the very intentional statement where they're talking about the skins and now there's a qualifying statement. There will be no microtransactions. Isn't that yep. sad? That's they a sad Very, one. very so clear sad. about it. Thanks a lot, EA. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I love, I love that. It's, it's gamers that are making this game and it's clear, you know, these, these people are making it cause they love, they love the franchise and I appreciate that a lot as someone who's played them all. So help, help me with the history here. Did crash come out only on Sony consoles or was it on Xbox as well? No, that's it. It's a naughty dog was pretty much exclusively published by Sony. So they mm-hmm. also made Dak, Jack Dak. and Daxter. I played Jack and I played Those a ton of Jack and Daxter. Yes. Yeah. I loved. And then Jack, it was just Jack three eventually. Yep. Yeah. And so Naughty Dog made those. Those were also Sony exclusives. So the whole history of Crash has been pretty much only on PlayStation, including Crash Team Racing until, man, I want to say like Crash Team Nitro Kart, one of the later games that I never even really got into. I think they started making that on like GameCube or something like that. I'm not totally sure. You know, I think you're right about that one. So I asked the question, because I think that explains why I missed some of it too, because I skipped PS3. I'm assuming some of them came out on PS3. Is that right? No, actually. It was all PS2? The very last one was a, was a racing game. All the first three Crash Bandicoots all came out on the original PlayStation. And then they had Crash Bash, which was also on the PlayStation. And then they had 
on the PS2, uh, like Crash and something Titans. I can't remember the name. Okay, that. but that, that's my answer, though. I didn't have a PlayStation. I had a PS2. So if those ones came out on PlayStation, I missed that. I was, I was an N64. You kind of got the cheaper end of the games. because Which I didn't jump in at that hill. point. Yeah, yeah, they went downhill a little bit. The Insane Trilogy that they did remake, that one was just the uh, the previous three games, correct? Like the yeah. main Yeah, the Switch. I wasn't counting those because I think everyone yeah. knows they're, they're so, on all the platforms. The reason I bring up the where they came from is because this isn't a Sony exclusive. This is coming to Xbox as well, which kind of surprised me. Oh, is it? Yeah, I looked it up oh, today because I had I didn't to. realize that. And again, it's a Naughty Dog game. That, that's kind of is Naughty Dog. It's it's Naughty Dog and another developer. Yeah, I saw like the Wikipedia said Naughty Dog, but listed on the official site is only one developer named Toys for Bob. Oh, you're right. It is. So I, where did I see it today? I saw it recently. It said somewhere because yeah, you the, up Naughty the Wikipedia Dog. Yes. lists Naughty Dog, but yes. the newest rendition is not Naughty Dog. Thank you. Okay, that's a good clarification. So yeah, I'm looking on the Wikipedia right now. It says PS4 and Xbox One, uh, October 2nd, 2020. So, oh, I'm in. I thought that was significant, though. That's it's not a, it's not an exclusive. And to me, Crash is associated with PlayStation and Sony, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're lingering on Crash. Do you guys, there's a lot of other games. We're going to fly through a bunch of these smaller ones. Do you guys have anything else on Crash, Ryan? You're the big Crash guy. Anything else there? Uh, no, I'm just excited to see what Toys for Bob does. With game. <laughs> does that concern you? No, they actually. I'm trying to see. I know they developed something. They did the Skylanders games. And although I never played those, I heard good things about them. They've always been kind of in the Crash Spyro sphere of games because Crash and Spyro were both involved with that. So I think they made Spyro Reignited. They obviously know these classic PlayStation games and it appears that they're going to keep it consistent with what, with what, with what we love about Crash. And so I'm, I'm optimistic. For sure. Nick, how about you? Same. Yeah, I think uh, I'll piggyback on all of that. And today it just felt nostalgic even seeing some of those boxes for years or even to this day, I would say, if I see the word TNT or even dynamite, yeah. something like that, sometimes I just think of crash in those boxes. Right. So the boxes, I don't think they had TNT on them in today's gameplay, but there were the nostalgic boxes that you need to jump and avoid. Made me think of that instantly. By the way, Ryan Spyro, another series that I have not tried. I know. I, you don't wow, this is me. just an Omnia honesty Games podcast today. I'm sorry. They invented I, an this incredible is, franchise that please don't. my childhood was built on in the <laughs> Spyro series. So. I, I ask for forgiveness. Please don't unsubscribe because I have not played these games. So you will. Move, you will. Moving on. It's from, okay if you don't forgive Jacob. I just want all our listeners to know: if you need time, take it. But come back, please. But, <laughs> but yeah. After Crash, they went into Hitman Three. This is an IO interactive game, IOI. And I was, this looks great. I haven't, I've played some Hitmans. I can't, I can't tell you which ones I've played because they've changed up the naming structure a couple times. But this looks awesome. This is where they announced that a VR mode is included. And they, they subtly mention it. And uh, Philip J. Woodward on Twitter, we, we talked about it a little bit, but they mentioned that there's a, a trilogy. The trilogy will be VR supported, which, and they gloss over it really quickly at the end. And I was kind of surprised by that because that's that's a lot of work to go into. I didn't realize that. I, I played it back and it, it says it there, but I don't know what that means. Again, they didn't. They should have lingered on that more if that's a big deal. They might come back to it later. But have you guys 
dabbled in Hitman at all? Not at all. No, I can't even tell you. I know he's got a barcode on the back of his head, and that's pretty. I know he's bald. Significant thing. Well, you could have watched the trailer and saw that. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much all I know about the series. Yeah, I think Did I played know? the first one, one of the very first releases, and I, I don't know, I enjoyed it. I don't remember anything bad about it. I thought it was fun. And even though I never played any of them moving forward, they always looked like they got better and better. So, they, I mean, they, they, they look like good games. They really have gotten better. It's it's very much a, it's a hybrid game. There's There's a lot of stealth elements. There's kind of puzzle elements where you can assassinate your targets in different ways. And it kind of feels like a puzzle in that way. Kind of like Metal Gear Solid almost, where you kind of creep around certain areas. And This is a bad podcast for me. Oh my gosh. We have, we have <laughs> Mr. Anti-Sony over here. It's not Anti-Sony. I just missed two generations. And there's a lot of games. Are, okay, I played a Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid on the PSP. I couldn't tell you which one it was. I hid in boxes. And then <laughs> I, you did though. You did I, though. Yeah. I recently tried Phantom Pain on uh, on uh, Game Pass, and I played it for about ten minutes. And it's super. The intro is super long, and I, I just I don't have any connection to this this series. So, yeah. guys, I can't publish this episode. I can't. There is too no, much. you can't. Oh man, the Metal Gears are very narrative driven. So if we if we had a Sony fan, they're gone now. They're all gone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but anyways, I them. I'm I'm really sad that you brought up that comparison. I can't relate. I can't relate it to it because I've never <laughs> really played. Them. I know I was looking for your confirmation on that because I'm pretty sure that you could you could compare that gameplay, even though it's not the same. You could compare some of that thought process. Uh, and the face you gave me totally told me that you were not going to validate me there. So. Um, no validation. Yeah, no validation. <laughs> yeah, I think it, uh, anyways, though, I mean, they look like great games and, uh, I, I should probably jump back into this one or maybe one of the previous ones and, and, uh, see what I'm missing. Yeah. So after Hitman three, and this is where we'll start flying through some of these, cause I feel like those were the, were two big announcements. We had some smaller medium sized ones later on and then a big one at the kind of at the end. Next was braid anniversary edition. This is a game I, I tried back in, oh, I think 2008, yeah. 2009. I didn't get into it. I wasn't in the mood for a puzzle game. And if I'm not in the mood for a puzzle game, it's not happening. I know, I don't think you guys have any experience with this series or this, this game, right? No, no, I don't. I never <laughs> will. What's your honest opinion on this game, Ryan? I'm and so now- sorry. Listen, <laughs> this game reminded me so much of those like mid 90s educational PC games like Pajama those. Sam. Or just Ready like it's fish. called it's called third grade or fourth grade. Like right, yeah, yeah. Scholastic learning. I just oh gosh. I can't imagine sitting down and seriously giving this game a chance. And I know that sounds so horrible. I'm sorry if you love this game. I'm sure that people do, but it just did not look good. It they, they did mention, I will give them this they they were talking about their commentary that they're they're doing a game commentary about building the game that's a cool idea everything else is i mean it just looks so cheesy to me I'm this sorry. is a this is a controversial opinion because this game i think won a war like this was a highly i know game back in the this day. is ryan's this is ryan's uh we'll have some house cleaning about this this is going to be akin to my my comment a couple of weeks ago about uh uh, why am I drawing a blank right now? That the uh, one game yeah. needing, now nah, the one game needing to be on mobile 
Oh, well, yeah, this this looks like Ori? a mobile game. Ori. There we go, Ori, yeah. Yeah, this game could be mobile. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I, so I, I, had a, I had a funny experience with this. I didn't watch it live today the same time you guys were, but I, I look over at my phone at one point and I see Ryan's text message that says, I couldn't be less interested in a game as much as I am berated. And uh, I... <laughs> I, I read that and I was like, I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> and so after work, I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, wow, this game actually looks really cool. I dig the graphics. <laughs> I, I, I hope that it's on, uh, you know, I hope that it's on iOS or something, whatever. I'm just going, kind of going, this is a fun puzzle game. It gets to the end and it's like, braid it. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was just like so pissed. This is what like, I love about games is that, one of us can look at it and say, this looks like trash. And then the other one looks at it and goes, I'm going to play that. that that's, yeah. that's gaming, right? That's different tastes. That's genres. That's how you I miss literally Crash Bandicoot. Better to do. <laughs> it's Nick. I, I think it's, I think it's a game you'd like. Again, if it was iOS, it's right up your alley. I'm sure you could find it on, you know, something like that. I could not imagine a game less interesting than Braid Anniversary Edition. Those were your exact <laughs> words. <laughs> I stand by that. Yeah. Don't yeah. email me, please. I might send you some reviews and send you Don't some. Don't tweet at me. I'll send yeah. you some stuff on that game. Anyways, moving on, we'll fly through some of these. The Pathless, I think I keep saying we're going to fly through some of these and then we sit on the game. <laughs> yeah. The Pathless, it is a, I, my, my exact quote on this, this looks like Temple Run. Okay, and the, the reason this was confirmed to be like Temple Run to me, it's a archery game where you're kind of a hunter. You can fly sometimes. It's an archery game where aiming is not about aiming. It's about timing. And then the reason that confirmed a Temple Run-like game to me is it's coming to iOS. Nick, it's coming to iOS. Of course it is. Course I, it I'm is. not interested in this game. It looks, it looks eh. I thought I thought I love the way the movement looked because it gives you a sense of like speed and I don't know that kind of scratches an itch how smooth everything went. Um, the open world was kind of cool and interesting to me. It reminded me a little bit of Shadow of Colossus. Is it in open like world, a though? more polygonal? He, exp- I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I I thought they mentioned it's open world but without a map, so it's open world where you can really only move in one direction. Is that, so, uh, is that an open world? I don't know what these you can terms move in one are thrown around. These terms are thrown around in such silly ways now, but it I is. Think it's like as you're progressing, you can move laterally a ton, but okay. really there's only one. There's one uh, temple guess, run alley that you're going to go along. There's there's one running path that you're going to run down, and yeah, there might be a temple path. and part of it. Like, what <laughs> do you think of this game? I was king. There's an open world feel to it, but it's not fully open world. And I understand that a little bit. I thought it was, I mean, it was interesting. I looked at it and thought, oh, that's, that game is for someone. Like there's a lot of people that are going to play that. I wasn't in love with it. Um, I don't, I don't know that it's one that I'll be playing, but I mean, I don't know. looks like it could be cool. It could be just like Ori where it's a game that kind of shocks me and I go back a little bit and say, oh, that was better than I thought. But yeah, I, I don't know. It just looks like one of those games that will be a, a good addition to put onto the arcade or on the app store to play when you're bored at an airport. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, iOS changes kind of, you know, the venue and how how committed you are to a game, right? Yeah. So after that, we have Spelunky 2. 
I do not feel qualified to talk about this game because I did not play <clears> first Spelunky, but it looks like a 2D exploration game. They said they're adding online multiplayer. It reminds me of a game that I have played, SteamWorld Dig. It looks very similar to SteamWorld Dig and kind of the gameplay. Oh, uh, yeah. But that's coming out September 15th, and that is a PS4 game. I have also not played the first one, but I do feel qualified to talk about this game. Uh, <laughs> it is another example of a jumpstart preschool uh pc game brian i'd have uh, you literally videos. you heard the developer talking to you like there is a guy who made this i know and not I know. only and i know i only say this because i know that this game actually does have a really big following um i never played it but i know that it's beloved by the people who who really enjoy it and i think that's great it is probably not a game I'll get into. I thought you learned from when it, the Journey to the Savage Planet developer responded to our review. I thought you learned from oh, I know how fragile these words can be. Oh, gosh. Dude, did you not at least appreciate the very ending where they literally mute all the volume and you just see this guy exploding and falling down for like what feels like two minutes? Does I mean, it was pretty... Interested? It, it, yeah, I mean, it was like... It, gave me some heart like i felt that there was a real guy on the backside real developers making a funny game and uh i've never played them but it looked fun it's definitely a game that i would uh i would give it a try it's uh yeah i don't know i think that'll be a fun one the developer commentary his narration actually made me more interested just because it felt so much more personal yeah and like you can tell he put you know work into this and and love into this so i don't know if it's i actually uh, watched it on mute so that would explain <laughs> wait would did you re- wait my... did you watch the whole conference on mute no just some of the games right <laughs> 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 all right, right you're gonna need to clarify which ones you did because you, you were watching this weren't you i only watched i i watched spelunky and um <laughs> A few others. I'll I'll, I'll mention the well, ones yeah, that I didn't hear. Mention when you get there. Okay, after Splunky Two, we had Genshin Impact. It is. I couldn't tell you anything about this game. It is. It looks like a. It looks kind of JRPG. I, I saw some stuff JRPG. on JRPG. I saw some stuff on Twitter comparing it to Breath of the Wild and how it's kind of like a exploration and can be peaceful and you're gliding and it it does not do anything for me. Uh, it's not my type of game. I love Breath of the Wild. It's like Breath of the Wild, maybe, but. It doesn't look like Breath of the Wild to me. Yeah, I had that thought process too as I was watching that it was similar to Breath of the Wild, but the JRPG kind of set that off a little bit and took me down a different path. And I was like, well, not really the same here. We're going in a, in a different direction. And uh, yeah, this this game is probably going to be for a lot of people. I'm sure it's got a big, big fan base, but uh, it's, it's not for me. I'm sure that if you're a certain type of person, this will this will be for you. Yeah. I, I only had one note and I, I wrote down, if, if you love beautiful worlds and inappropriate <laughs> drawings of female characters, then it's probably right. <laughs> uh, it, it seemed pretty Xenoblade-esque. That, that's just JRPGs in general. The Xenoblade is the only one that I've actually ever given much attention to. And yeah. I I've given a lot of attention to it. Um, so I kind of base it off of, my experience with that, but you know, you got to hand it to them. They create incredible worlds. I do like that breath of the wild esque kind of graphics, that art style. Yeah. It could be good. I don't know. I don't know. The world looked good. We'll see. So moving on from Genshin impact, we have, I'm going to, I might pronounce it wrong. I think it's called Eon must die. It's A E O N Eon must die. It looks like an Aeon. Is that 
AON, right? AEON. I looked it up online. Oh, I there there when it, I know when it comes down to logos and advertising for your game, they destroyed the any idea of SEO for this game. Try searching AON, and you're going to find some software. I tried. I tried it. And yeah, <laughs> I, I looked, I looked for us all like, Oh yeah, that's a horrible logo. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't convey AEON. Anyways, it, this might be an existing franchise. I don't know. Nonetheless, it's, it looks like it's a 2d fighting game. It's super neon. There's some really cool synth music. I actually, from <laughs> a, from a vibe perspective, I, I dug this a bit. It's a PS4 game. The reason I'm not going crazy about it is because it, it didn't, I, I think it's a 2d fighting game. It could be a 2d fighting side scroller, but I'm not really sure at this point. What'd you guys think? Yeah, the opening vibe, actually, I was kind of like, hey, this is kind of cool. What is it? And then it got into the fighting scene, and I was like, oh, okay, not not my style of game. But again, I'm sure that this will reach an audience and that people will like that. And especially with the the vibe, and it looks like there's kind of going to be a little story narrative there, you know, a little bad guy character and stuff like that. So, Brian, what do you think? Well, I actually kind of like this one. I really love that art style. I thought it was really unique. It looked like a pretty refreshing take on those kind of 2D side-scroller fighting games with some cinematics. The cinematics looked amazing yeah. to me. The story, I do, it, you know, it kind of takes itself really serious, but I kind of like that for those neon-y 80s kind of style, like Tron games. It's very I 80s. like when they take themselves super serious because it's yeah. more fun that way. Remind me of uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon. I was thinking that, but it's like going for the opposite effect. It's like Blood Dragon if it took itself serious. It, yes, exactly. So yeah, anyway, after Aeon... Am I pronouncing it right? What do you think? Aeon? Eon? I watched it on mute, Ion. so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Maybe it's Ion. Yeah. Nonetheless, after I that actually game, did watch this one on mute. Sorry. I should have clarified. You should hear the synth music. Seriously, go back and listen. It's pretty cool. I did. I've watched it twice. Okay. After Something Must Die, they have Anno Mutation Mutationum? Mutationum. Can someone help me with that pronunciation? You know, I didn't even write not I didn't write down the title of this. <laughs> 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 Anyways, Anno Mutationum. It's a all I wrote is it's a two D. It's a two D action adventure game. So I, I honestly that one nothing there for me. No, same. Okay, same cool. That. That's one. Skipping, that skipping that one. I accidentally deleted that one from my list. That I don't think we're missing much there. If we are missing stuff, tweet at us, write us, let us know. Let I us named know. this one. Look up name. And I never went up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after lookup name, we have Bug Snacks. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but Bug Snacks is all the rage on the internet. It is everybody's yeah. favorite theme song. This is one of the most anticipated games for the PS5. Now, I, I, I didn't know how to feel about this game given the trailer. This, the theme song's cool. It's kind of funky. It's cool. It reminds me of Rick and Morty a little bit, Ryan. Correct me on that because I know... You're the real Rick and Morty fan here. I I That's didn't get okay. that impression. I think it's the voice. There's a voice in there that reminded me of like Rick. Oh no, Morty. Oh yeah, this is bad. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm I'm not a big Rick and Morty fan. <laughs> Dude, have you ever been on the internet in your life? I guess not. <laughs> anyway, so I was uh, I was talking with Gabe Fast uh, at underscore wannabe critic on Twitter. He mentioned that it looks like Viva Pinata. And that's literally, I, yes. that's what I have in my notes. I put that in my yes, notes. Yes, that's I what I wrote it. down too. It looks like Viva Pinata. So when we saw the trailer at the 
the PS5 reveal. It didn't show any gameplay. It was just a cinematic. And after watching some gameplay today, it, it looks like Viva Pinata. The gameplay looks very similar to Viva, Viva Pinata. I love Viva Pinata. Viva Pinata. And that kind of makes me interested to play this. There's a lot of buzz around this game. And if it's, that, if it's got gameplay mechanics like Viva Pinata, I'm, I'm kind of in if I have a PS5. Who knows? Mm. I, don't know, I don't know what I even like about this game. I just know that I like it. Same with Viva Pinata. I don't, I don't, exp- I can't explain my allure to those games, but they're just kind of fun. These silly little village tasks. Yeah. Um, I also made note their hands are fruit. I wrote that down. I don't know why, but there was a guy with strawberry hands. So that was in the trailer. Fully Crit- critical note. That was in the yeah. first trailer at the PS5 reveal. He like ate one of the creatures and then he started kind of changing himself. So I think there's some like gameplay mechanics where you can change your abilities as you mm-hmm. eat different. Ah, that would make sense. I, snacks? I didn't know what to make of that. I didn't know what direction they were going with it, but I'm very interested. I don't want to point fingers, but I definitely think maybe some acid uh, was used during the development of this game. Yeah, yeah that was a... That was a minimum requirement on the job description. Nick, what do you think of this game? You know, I don't, I don't know how I feel. Um, I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel good about it. Well, I take that back. Deep inside, there's uh, <laughs> deep inside, there's. We both, me and Jacob, both know how Nick feels about this game. Yeah, deep it could inside, be on iOS, right? Yeah, deep inside, I have some warm fuzzies for it. Something about it just goes. You know what? That'll be enjoyable. It's without really. Games without really committing any of my thought or emotion to it. So I don't know. We'll see what it is, but uh, should, should be fun. If it's all the rage on the internet, then, you know, the internet's never wrong, right? Never. I mean, exactly. That's where I go to for all my life problems. So after bug snacks, we move on to Vader immortal and we are all huge Star Wars fans here. This game came out on PC in 2019, and I have, I've had my eyes on it ever since. I don't have any means to play VR games right now because, for one thing, I don't have a PS4, and also I don't have an Oculus or anything for my PC. But I've been wanting to play this for a while. So, again, if I hop into the Sony realm, I would absolutely pick this game up because I love everything Star Wars. I believe it might be a canon story. I think it is. And Would you get, the, would, would you get VR if you got a PlayStation 5? So the PS5, they haven't announced their their vr support yet but i would absolutely get vr for for a ps5 if they announced it yeah yeah i mean it's one of those things where i love the idea and i love the the future of what that could look like i'm just not sure i'm all in on it yet for vr or for ps5 for vr i think okay. eventually we're we're going to reach a point where every game's going to have somewhat of a capability for that but we're still not quite there i don't know i I was very interested in this game. I think it looks awesome. It looks really clean compared to a lot of the VR games that I've seen. But I don't know that I'm going to ever own the PSVR. The PSVR? Ever. It's the most affordable of the VR options right now. And that's why I say I probably would pick it up. Break that down a little bit. What is the cost of this one comparative to others? I could not tell you. I've looked it up. I've compared it to the, the Oculus Quest and just the Oculus I think, Rift. And this this does come in cheaper in those cases. Now, there are some issues with that. I've, I've read and I've, I've, I've kind of looked into that P- PSVR isn't as powerful as these other options. So it, you're, paying for, you're paying for something that's not as developed as an Oculus. So you, okay. are, you are getting a, a downgraded version. I think that's probably why this is coming so late to 
PSVR, and that's what happens with a lot of these Oculus games, is that they come to PSVR months to years later, typically. So $300 and then shows another one compared to the HTC Vive at 600 for Windows. Okay. Yeah, the PSVR typically always ends up being the cheapest option. And that's why I'd probably pick it up. If I, if I did get in the Sony ecosystem, you know, down the line, I have my Series X, I have my PS5, I would absolutely pick up a PSVR. Interesting. Yeah, so Star Wars, I'm sold. Uh, it doesn't really matter what it is. It'd sell me even more that it's Vader. I'm hoping it's a canon story. But I'm kind of with Ryan and not for any specific reason. I, I just don't even know how I feel about VR in general. For for starters, I'll be honest, I've never, ever used it. Same. There's something about Unsu- it that... Unsubscribe now. Yeah, un- unsubscribe and then resubscribe. Uh, there's something about it that, I don't know, it just makes me feel kind of weird. Like I'm already stepping out of my life and escaping playing games there, I don't know. I don't, there's something to so me it's about an, it's now ethical, jumping into an actual, it's an ethical thing for you. Ooh, I think so. I don't know. One. <sighs> you're afraid yeah. to get lost in the VR. Yeah. I look, I don't when know if we want to go this deep tonight guys, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of star Wars. I think it'll be awesome, but I, I need to give I hear, VR a try. I hear a filler week episode. If there's no content to cover, we're going to talk about some VR eventually, but yeah. Beyond that, it sounds like if we had PSVR and a PS4, we would be playing this, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This would be pretty much all I would be playing. So after Vader Immortal, they went into Control. They went to an expansion pack two for Control. This is a game I didn't play. Uh, If you listen to our Microsoft Xbox game showcase, I don't like scary games, and this looks too scary for me. So I will not (laughs) be playing this. I probably won't. I want to try Control. It looks cool. It looks very floaty and... Uh, shooty, but expansion two, a little too scary for me. Is it called control? It's called control. I wrote down awe, A W E. I think that's the expansion. Ah, uh, okay. Ah, uh, ah, <laughs> uh, uh. You thought okay. the game was called Ah? Uh? Yeah, that's why I was I was kind of confused about that. I mean, we had a game hey. called A Aeon, so I guess that's I not know. too far that's, off. I was like, wow, Sony's really getting into these unconventional names. But this this kind of was cool looking in the way of it reminded me a lot of stranger things you know kind of a telekinesis ability that comes from some strange unknown source there's like kind of an upside down very similar stranger things and that's not a bad thing i like that you should look up this is again this is just an expansion for an a full a fully released game that was at the top of a bunch of people's lists for uh 2019 game of the year so maybe go back and look at it, it might be a game you're interested in nick have you seen this yeah, I liked it. It reminded me of one of the specific games. The name is escaping me now, but uh, I don't. I just don't know that I'll I'll uh, jump the into medium. this. The medium. the medium. Yes. There yes. we go. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. The floaty graphics controls actually. I actually thought that was kind of cool. If you explain that to me without seeing it, I would have thought that was lame, but it looks kind of good. I don't know if I'll play it, but uh, definitely there's just the, the horror genre is huge. So it's, I'm it's sure been, this will be a good game. It's been rumored to come to Game Pass for a while now. So we might be able to check it out for free soon. Mm. So after Control, we have Auto Chess. It's a, it's a chess game with funny looking characters. Did this uh, get you guys so stoked? Oh my gosh. Yeah, can just you guys send chess. me the... Can you send me the pre-order link? Yeah, I'll get right on it. So I think we're skipping out of chess. Yeah. 
after other <laughs> checks, they show, <laughs> they show the pedestrian. And this, I've seen this game before. I don't remember where, but it's a stick figure puzzle game where you're, you're either playing as like a, a bathroom sign character or wh- whatever it is. You're, you're hopping through signage and the signage is connected to other signage where you're kind of moving through this world. And it, the art style and the gameplay looks really fun to me. It's, it's kind of my type of game. I, I don't know if I'll be picking it up really. Uh, it's, it's a game I play on Game Pass. I hate that's like a new that's a new way to qualify games for me. I, I wouldn't necessarily pay premium price for this game, but if it's free to me and I have a free weekend, I would play something like this. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I generally like these games. It kind of reminded me of like a two D Portal or Lemmings. Did you ever get into the Lemmings series? Um, no, am I getting in trouble for not knowing that one too? No, you're fine on that one. Here. Okay, yeah, thank you. that's. I mean, it's the basic. Think about. Oh shoot! What's the Mario versus Donkey Kong games? You know where it's like you're you're leading like a little Mario's to complete objectives by putting up a ramp or uh, in front of them. You know what I'm talking about? The only Mario versus Donkey. I'm just thinking of like Donkey the when you're jumping up the arcade. The game. the ramp, yeah. Oh, the ramps with the barrel dropping game. barrels. Have the Nintendites pissed, Jacob? Yeah. Gosh, I'm just pissing off everyone. Bruce gaming down to the dumps. No, I. Anyway, I didn't have to make that comparison. I just thought I kind of like that those little puzzle games where you're following a path and you have to, you know, be a little clever. Yeah, it did seem. I think this is part of the point. It was, you know, I had this really distracting setting, which I can appreciate that that's the goal. But um, I think it would really annoy me. <laughs> really, I like the setting. I like, the, like cars the traffic. By. Like I love that. By. Yeah, um, it was kind of hard to see a little bit for me but yeah yeah i thought it brought an elegant contrast to the the puzzle with just this kind of beautiful scenery in the background definitely an ios game put it on ios i knew it so after the pedestrian we have a a game called hood outlaws and legends and i'm mm. based off the cinematic before they started showing gameplay this looked like a trailer for assassin's creed valhalla oh yeah right I totally like, thought that the setting it looks like they're going and fighting the you know the english and there's an there's a guy with a hood who looks like he's an assassin he's he's even stabbing people with i some think sort that of was pretty that was pretty intentional blade. for sure so it looked like uh, assassin's creed valhalla and I, I don't know if I'm too interested in it based off what I saw. I don't think I saw it. I was kind of stuck on the idea, is this Assassin's Creed? And then by the time I realized it wasn't, I was, I was kind of moving on. What's cool is it, it almost had that Assassin's Creed feel, especially when they showed some of the actual gameplay and the fighting. Uh, there's stealth, there's actual combat, except it, I don't know this yet, but it seemed like there was multiple playable characters, like a whole gambit of different characters yeah. to be, which yeah. is pretty cool for a game that style like that's certainly not something i mean assassin's creed you can be an awesome greek warrior or tina in an apartment so <laughs> it's, that's it's a, a reference to some other podcast where ryan <laughs> compared the non-playable oh no the playable character in the in the present day as tina yeah i didn't never remember their names they focus on them less and less. It's silly. But anyway, th- this game, I think that's a cool aspect that I would I would definitely play if I saw more of what the game was about. Yeah, Nick, what'd you think? It reminded me of, did you guys play Greedfall? Greedfall? What does it sound familiar? Yeah. I, I didn't, but it sounds familiar. 
it reminded me of like a game that wasn't very big. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like a game that was trying to break into a category that's kind of already there. And Greedfall was kind of the same. It was like this, you know, this really, it looked like an elegant RPG that kind of came out of nowhere by developers that hadn't done anything like this before. Kind of like Crossfire X we talked about on the Xbox showcase where... I don't know that it's something I'll be jumping into because there's already people who make this type of game really well and uh, like Call of Duty, for example. So I, I don't know that I'll be jumping into it. Kind of reminds me of just a knockoff of Assassin's Creed or, or some of the other medieval games that came so, out 10 years ago that were never good. So you're saying that this is how you have Call of Duty and then the lower tier which was Crossfire, and then there is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and then this is the lower tier. That's that's kind of what your summary is. That's, yeah, that's what it felt like. It didn't blow that. me away. Yeah, yeah no, I, I totally see that. Yep. So after Hood, Outlaws and Legends, we have Temtem, and this looked like a Pokemon ripoff. I don't know about you guys. You know, I am a jealous lover of Nintendo in the way of, like, I can make fun of nintendo but you can't make fun of nintendo and i can steal from nintendo but you can't steal from nintendo such a nintendo typical i don't know why this it just makes me laugh i just don't think i can't even take it serious i understand like if kids have sony you know hardware and they want to play a game like Pokemon. I never want to rob a kid of that genre. because Buy a Switch, game. 200 bucks, Nintendo Switch yeah, Lite. You can play just, real Pokemon. It's just not Pokemon. It's it's like one of the one genres that I feel like is untouchable. Because yeah. Nintendo dominated it. And Unless you're every, Yu-Gi-Oh. I have played several, like Digimon, you know, Pocket Mortys on iOS. Check that out, Nick. Oh, yeah. Good one. That's a good one. I got I've, it. I have played so many of these types of games just to see um, how they stack up. And I've, I've yet to see one even come close. But do you enjoy them when you're playing them? I don't enjoy them because I don't know the Pokemon and the monsters, whatever they call them in this game. I, Pocket monsters. I in this feel game. like I'm so ingrained with the knowledge of how Pokemon works in the, yeah. the original Pokemon that, um, I don't care how many they they come up with. It's still the same universe and I can still appreciate it. It's an untouchable genre. It really is. Like if you, if you even touch on, and I even think game freak came out with a, a game similar to Pokemon, the the kind of mechanics, and it still looked like a knockoff and they're the people who make Pokemon. So I think it's a, it's a testament to how powerful the Pokemon brand is where you look at something like this that probably does have unique elements and probably is fun and you just go, man, I'd rather play the next Pokemon. Yeah, I I, this, this could be big for the next generation. Younger kids that didn't grow up. Yeah, Pokemon, I could that's totally probably. see like my, um, not even my nephew. My nephew's eight and he loves Pokemon. So I don't think he will ever play Tim. Dude, Tim. Pokemon gets them at every generation. They come out with a new anime. They come out with new games all the time. No, they they just dominate, man. They really do. I love it. Yeah, I uh, I. You know, I'll just second all that without uh, giving a long spiel. That being said, I will probably end up playing this because just like Ryan mentioned, uh, Swords of Ditto, Rick and Morty's Pocket on iOS, anything that resembles Pokemon or, you know, any of those games, I, I just, I like trying because it kind of brings me back to those original games. And so... Interesting. Well, I'll give it a try. Um, you know, another example of this, Jacob, you'd made fun of me, was... 
uh, Ocean Horn. There we go. I was trying to think of it. The Delta original, knockoff. yeah, the original Ocean Horn was, I mean, like a better looking version of Zelda, but a knockoff. And uh, I just immediately bought it and fell in love with it. I've played it multiple times. So these games, sometimes they can really get me. Um, and although they'll never be what they're trying to imitate, it's worth my time some of the time in some okay. cases. So they're, they're going for the Nick demographic. Yeah. yeah, I can appreciate that. I have a hard time like immersing myself into a world that it doesn't feel authentic to me because I know the, the one that they're trying to rip off. I don't know if that's, you know, I get that that genre should have leave some room for creative differences and for other developers to build in it, but I just, I can't get behind it. So after Temtem, Temtem, we have the final game showcased called Godfall. Now, Godfall is a game we've seen before. It's kind of a, a super anticipated game. It's, it's developed by Gearbox, who made Borderlands. And it's a third person, and this is a genre that they're making up, a third person looter slasher. So kind of like Borderlands is a looter shooter. This is a looter slasher where you're fighting these enemies throughout this world and you're collecting different types of armor and I assume weapons. And that's how you progress. Now, I, I'm jury's out on this one. This could go both ways for me. I think there are cool elements that I saw, but at the same time, I saw someone tweet this and, and I wish I could credit it, but they basically said that Godfall looks like a game that you'd see in the background on a TV show that someone's playing. Mm. And I was like, that's very, that's wow. very apt comparison. Oh. Example. It is like the most like generic game kind of looking thing that you can get where you're just hack and slashing these enemies. And again, I, I don't want to speak negatively because I don't think enough has been shown to really have a strong opinion on this game, but I'm not going crazy for it. And it's kind of a, a soft ending for me because again, it's not a game I'm anticipating and what they did show. I'm not crazy about. How'd you guys feel? Soft ending. Yeah. I actually, I felt the exact same until they showed the gameplay with the shield. And the fact that there are a lot of options with the shield or that you'll have to time certain things like pressing B as soon as you get the shield and pressing X as soon as you get the shield back in your hands will set off this kind of cascading. Like cascading. Yeah, exactly. Uh, some of the controls seem interesting. So while that tweet is spot on about being that game that looks like it's in the background of a show. Uh, we'll see if they differentiate themselves with some some unique controls, and maybe the world will look a little bit unique. Who knows? Yeah, Ryan, what do you think? I think it. I think it looks awesome. I think it's a beautiful world from what I saw. The design looks really cool. I love that like gaudy, overdone armor. You know, that he fought a boss that kind of reminded me of Reinhardt from Overwatch. Yeah, and. I think it's awesome. I, I eat that stuff up for the most part. Uh, it kind of, I don't know. It, I got a little bit of that, like the slash and loot genre, I don't think is new. I mean, it, it reminds me a little bit of Fable without the magic. You know what I mean? Just I, yeah, I, and, and online, and I think even in one of their, their press conference, they kind of did coin the looter slasher. And yeah, it sounded like a good description. Yeah, I was, I was talk, uh, tweeting with... Austin Ernst on Twitter and we were basically talking about is this a new is this a new genre or not and I'm I don't really know because like you said any RPG game you slash 
and then you get loot from it, right? So yeah, Diablo is like that. All, Diablo is the, a prime example of that. All I did in Skyrim was slash, sneak up, loot. That's it. Yeah. So I I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's a new genre or in you know is Gearbox creating something new here that we're not seeing? Maybe, but I I think it's I'm optimistic for this title because it is made by Gearbox. I loved Borderlands. If they're going in a different direction where it's not shooting, it's slashing. I'm I'm open to it, right? This is, and I think this is a a, a Sony exclusive. So this is something we'd have to switch over to PS5 to play. And I'm open minded to it still. Jury's out. Yeah, yeah same I can here. See myself playing it. I I still think there's room for it to be awesome, uh, but I guess we'll see. I don't know what they're bringing to the table that's different from other slash loot slashers or whatever they're called. You guys have anything else of note from this uh, state of play? No, other than I think it really makes me think twice in addition to your, your announcement here at the beginning, which caught me off guard, makes me think twice about getting a PlayStation this holiday season and finally just jumping into it, man. Yeah. So again, listeners, we will have a full podcast discussing, are we going PS5 or are we going Xbox Series X this holiday season? Again, we're going, I think, all of us are probably going to go both eventually, but the holiday season decision is a big decision and we'll definitely kind of dive deeper in a, in a podcast coming up. You know, I was, and this is probably why my expectations are too high. Is, um, I was kind of looking for something Stony brings to the table. That's like, Oh, here we go. Okay. Now, now I'm going to get a PS five and it obviously was not this presentation, which is okay. They didn't, they didn't promise anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I still am on the Xbox side as of right now until we talk about it. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think both both Microsoft and Sony have mentioned that they're going to have more press conference press conferences before the release of their consoles. So we have some more time to decide. We have some more information to digest before we make our decision. So that is our episode for the day. Please go visit bushleygaming.com for podcasts, reviews, and blog posts. Ryan actually has a really good blog post coming up. I think we're going to post it the same day that we release this podcast. What's that about, Ryan? Um, It's a little bit of a breakdown of something that Nintendo uses in their creative model that frustrates the crap out of me as a huge fan of them, but also has brought along some of the greatest games they've ever made. So it's it's kind of an open-ended article posing an argument and i'm just curious what other people think yeah so check that out and then a week from today the the posting of this podcast we will be releasing our animal crossing review podcast i could not be more excited for this podcast to release it was the most fun i've had recording a podcast and go check that out a week from the date of this posting and thank you guys for listening please engage us on twitter at bush league gmng and at bush league ryan on twitter nick is still working on getting a twitter account for bush league what's twitter yeah what's twitter <laughs> so, i'm so sorry by the way if i offended you and you love braid yeah there's no way that's like 2008 they stopped playing 
kids now, they don't play games. I'm sorry if I've offended every single Sony fan because I haven't played a long list of games. I promise yeah, I'll hop back in. Yeah, you should be sorry. Yeah, so please don't, please don't unsubscribe. Unsubscribe and then subscribe again. Yeah. Good. But again, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being on today, Ryan and Nick. And we look forward to next time. See you later. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. If you love beautiful worlds and inappropriate <laughs> drawings of female characters, then it's probably right. <laughs> 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 yeah.